0: What's up, guys? This is Zach. My name's Granger, the skater, and the Beast. And this, this is, is Transient, Transient Conversations Podcast. Podcast. Bitch. What? Ready to talk about some bullshit politicians? <laughs>
1: it's a it's a
0: weird game. Yeah, being
1: played. It's, it's interesting listening to the uh, GOP debates. They're all they're all over the place.
0: Yeah, they really are. I didn't really, I didn't really see much of the debate myself. I heard, uh, I read about a bunch of points that were made on it, but honestly, it just sounds like a lot of the same stuff being rehashed over and over again. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We got um, Jeb Bush. I think he's in the lead right now. No, well, no, no. Of course, um, uh, Trump's in the lead at the moment. Trump's in the lead. Jeb Bush is right behind him. Yeah, Uh,
0: Trump's got thirty-two percent right now of the vote. Versus uh, Ben Carson, who's got 19, and Jeb Bush, who has nine. Believe it or not.
1: The ones who were in the most recent debate was uh, Bush, Christie, Cruz. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jindal wasn't in there. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, Trump, of course. Rick Perry just completely withdrew. I don't don't know anything about that.
0: He probably just realized that uh, there wasn't. Yeah. Probably realized there just wasn't a single chance in hell that he was going to win. Yeah. But yeah, he's... He definitely did not have my vote, personally. No. Honestly, the one that's the most um, interesting to me is Ben Carson. Not because I like him or support him, but because... He's a neurosurgeon, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And because a person that comes from such an intellectual background, you know, who seems like he would be open to new ideas to... Rand
1: Paul, too. He's an eye surgeon, Mm I believe.
0: Oh, is he? Yeah. I didn't know that about him.
1: Oh, Ben Carson, though, he had a very, very monotone voice. It was hard to care about what he had to say yeah he didn't he didn't hold your
0: attention at all
1: yeah. i mean there are there are a few um characters in the gop trump of course being the most outspoken that's why he's getting the most attention because he makes all kinds of outrageous statements right he's completely off the cuff with no political background i do think it's interesting though how he likes to talk about how he has been in politics for years but it's been on the other
0: side yeah right? he's been funding he gets, people mostly yeah.
1: Uh, I do I, I thought it was kind of interesting though uh, Rand Paul and uh, Carly uh, Fiorina uh, they both kind of rang some points about the uh, special interest group groups that are corrupting the, the political system right now mm-hmm. and they actually seem like they want to fight against it I mean of course these are just words I mean, we can't, which I which
0: know, special interest groups are they talking about
1: they didn't, they didn't make any specific remarks but they were just talking about how well, you know Whole system is bought out in a way. I mean, I still don't don't support them or think that they really have any um, initiative to want to take that on completely. But mm-hmm. Not the way Bernie Sanders wants to. I mean yeah. he's, been, he's been rattling off about that for decades now. Yeah. The, and same tone.
0: the thing that I like about Bernie Sanders is that he actually backs up what he's saying with certain ty- with certain pieces of legislation. Oh, yeah. He actually goes before the House and he speaks about the issues that he's trying to get resolved and he proposes actual ideas for how to fix them instead of just being a person who's saying hey these are problems and then that's it you know never yeah, a, never yeah. actually represent or never actually presenting any idea for how yeah, to fix it you can
1: hear it in his voice he really really wants it mm-hmm. he's been saying the same thing that he said you know 20 years ago about the top 1% draining the wealth from the, the mm-hmm. rest of the middle class
0: and it's only gotten worse since he started talking about it, man.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you, and you've, the, the, the way he talks about the statistics, you've seen over the years how it's gotten worse, mm-hmm. just from his point of
0: view. And whenever I hear him speak, one thing that I like, whenever if you ever watch him, granted, yes, he does look at his notes every once in a while just to refresh his memory. Yeah, but absolutely. But I mean, he, he, he knows about. the bulk of everything that he's talking about right yeah. off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. Which really speaks to me about the fact, or it really says to me, him doing that, that he knows what he's talking about, and that he so cares.
1: I saw I saw <laughs> a very, very interesting video. It was, a, it was a pair of videos that was kind of put into one thing, and it was him in 2004, um, know, what was he, he was at the House Financial Services Committee, and uh-huh. Alan Greenspan uh, was the main speaker, and Bernie had his, I think it was like six, seven minutes to speak, and Alan Greenspan is the former Federal Reserve uh, chairman, mm-hmm. so he ran that that whole uh, you
0: know, operation.
1: Yeah. Of, well, what would you define the Federal Reserve
0: as? I'm really not sure, honestly. Um, it's a very malicious. It's, thing. it's it's yeah, malicious would probably be the best way to describe it, just because it's the Federal Reserve. All of the money for the country runs through there, no matter they're, where they're it's coming from. from the mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Yeah, they're separate, and so because of that, there's not much regulation as far as what they can and can't do. Right. And uh, I remember there were, uh, there were certain lessons that Andrew Jackson tried to leave with us. Was granted Andrew Jackson was a lot of things, but one of the things that he really tried to fight during his presidency was the control of the banking system and the federal uh, the, the the federal right. um, reserve reserve yeah. had all the uh, the amount of power that they had over the people he really did not like or did not trust them and so he fought for years to disband them which actually succeeded and as it was built up i feel like not a lot of regulations were laid out to prevent what he was trying to stop and so they just kind of went back to the way that they were before
1: right yeah but uh alan greenspan he's been from from the little bit that i read about him he's uh been known as playing one of the, the main parts in mm-hmm. some of the major shifts in income inequality in the past decade. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been happening longer than that, but right. he has done a lot for it, like, between like, 95 to mm-hmm. like, 2005 before he resigned, and uh, yeah, he called him out uh, The just rattled off for a whole six or seven minutes. If anybody wants to look it up, just look up uh, Alan Greenspan and uh, Bernie Sanders, and then watch a video of Alan Greenspan then speaking, uh, I want to say in like 2009 or 2010, mm-hmm. but he speaks uh, in front of the House Committee just to explain about how he believes that that ideology that he held at that time mm-hmm. was majorly flawed. Right. It's really interesting to, to watch him look back on that. It's almost like he had some like spiritual revelation at some point in his life and mm-hmm. just understood the like massive damage he did to yeah. the economy with the, the choices he made and trying to uh, lower the taxes for the, the the wealthiest in his country all of his all of his best friends you know mm-hmm.
0: and the thing on that is he may have made mistakes in the past but at least he's willing to look back on them and reflect and he realizes that he was in the wrong in a lot of the things that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he doesn't want
1: to take full responsibility for it, but he's right. Very clearly saying that there was a flaw in
0: his ideology. Mm-hmm. And back to the point of inequality, as far as money distribution goes, you know, the, one of the biggest points that's getting hit on that's really appealing to a lot of people is, uh, or is the inequality of payment based off of someone's gender? So the the income inequality for mm-hmm. you know man a man versus a woman which it's... What is it? For every dollar that a man... or For every dollar that a man gets, a woman receives... 27... Or, or sorry, sorry, uh, 73 cents. And so that leaves a big gap between the sexes as far as what their income is. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge problem in my mind because there are... While there are many... You know, single fathers out there who are raising children and raising families. There are significantly more single mothers out there who are trying to make their living yeah, in whatever their profession is. And so, yeah, because I I, of that. I
1: can't speak for women, but I have actually heard uh, 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 Anne, oh, I can't remember her name, the, the woman who speaks in the Young Turks.
0: I'm not sure. Uh,
1: but she, she made a point about uh, how women just don't seem to have the ability to want to. Battle for those higher wages. Yeah. Now, of course, I don't want to speak for it. I'm not saying that it's fair, but that that might be an issue. Maybe you know they would want to go out there and just make their voice heard a little bit more. Which I mean, there are There's some very outspoken women, of course, mm-hmm.
0: but, but there are a lot more outspoken yeah. men on the subject. Yes. Yeah. Which that's one of the main topics that Bernie is hitting in his uh, in his debate, which yes, is he
1: definitely wants equality across the board. Mm-hmm.
0: It's
1: just. Um, Something he really desires.
0: Yep, because whenever you look at it, um, he has several points that he wants to hit, but most of them seem like they are focused on problems at home. He has, of course, touched on military problems and foreign relation issues. But,
1: I haven't heard much, but yeah, I mean, I'm
0: sure it's there. I mean, he, uh, like I said, he has touched on it, but his primary things are are uh, are the the welfare the of the citizens. Yeah, well, welfare is one of them, and then another one is the fact that there are still people out there who are opposing the ruling of the Supreme Court for uh, gay marriage to be legal. Which, what was her name? The woman in uh, Kentucky who was just recently denying marriage licenses. I, 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 it was Kim yeah, but, Kim Davis, right? Something like that. Yeah, I believe yeah, it was Kim yeah, just, Davis. If I'm wrong, she I apologize. Was completely like disregarding what her
1: job entitled, mm-hmm. was, which was to give marriage license to citizens. Right. I mean, Supreme Court Passed a judgment She might have Her religious values But we're we're a democracy
0: Right And even though uh, She Or even though It is her job To put those Marriage licenses out She still Or she could have Been denying them On the fact Or on the premise That her county Or her state Was denying the law Which some places have But hers in particular Had not done so There were no laws In place giving her Any kind of authority To do what she was doing and so the fact that she said in that in the, the the video that went viral about her denying licenses, the fact that she said, I'm doing this under God's authority, she kinda of dug her own grave there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We don't, we don't nobody knows if, if God exists, that's why we don't mm-hmm. you know base our judicial system off of a, a myth, essentially. And that, the need that she decides to follow. Even though you know, know we're founded on Christian values, it's it's still not something we can, we can base an entire governance
0: upon. See, that's something that I think has been warped a lot. A lot of people have that have that opinion that the United States was formed on Christian values. But if you go back and you read the personal journals of many people, such as uh, Thomas Jefferson and and George Washington, and Ben Franklin, you know the primary founding fathers of the nation they very much were against Christianity being the basis of their government because they knew that people were going to be arguing about this. Mm-hmm. But, then, but then people who are very adamant about their religion definitely still believe that their religion is what we're based in.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can, you can trace a lot of morals back to uh, many different religions throughout history. And so I think um, a lot of the inspiration, I guess, would... Primarily, probably come from Christian texts because mm-hmm. we you know, we moved from England. They were very they were very Catholicized. Mm-hmm. If that's even a word. But
0: um, well, they were they were very devout Christians. Yes, they were Puritans. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. yeah, so a lot of the values that we had came from people who were Christians. But the actual government system that we live in under now that was established in the seventeen hundreds. Was not meant to be linked with Christianity, mm-hmm. and so, you know, or, but because a lot because a large majority of the politicians at the time were Christian, it very much skewed their opinion on what the on what the laws should entail about you know things like sexual orientation and yeah. gender equality.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, to to get back to what's her face, I mean, we have laws, the Supreme Court. Uh, is the one who decides the amendments of the Constitution. If they say gay marriage is legal, then mm-hmm. as her, you know, job entitled she needs to give licenses to gay couples. Right. And if she doesn't want to do that, then she needs to find a new job. Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of a lot of people need a freaking dictionary more than they need to read the Constitution because if you look at the definition of amendment, you know, which is literally just a change to a document, then you would know that they were made so that we could evolve with them. Yeah. They're laws that help govern us, but they're meant to evolve with time.
1: Right. Yeah. So, and,
0: uh, and these issues are ones that I feel like should be spoken on more. Um, yeah. When compared to things such as a giant wall, <laughs> which is proposed by Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, I saw Colbert
1: bear uh, say something on his new show, which is pretty hilarious. And it was, you know, uh, trying to create that image of how, you know, Donald Trump like to say, well, he could easily build a however tall uh, skyscraper. He could easily build a wall, but like his the the plans for the scale of the wall would really imply that he would need to take that building, put it on its side, and then put like a couple hundred more like next to each other. So it's not. I mean, he could. He could probably somehow gather the money to do that, but it's, mm-hmm. it's insane to want to. Yeah. That
0: it's insane to even try to think about that because you would be you would be spanning the width of, what, five states? Because we have Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, um, this... What's the next one? I forget. But Mexico. did I, I already said that. No, it's Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, then California. All four of those states border the Mexican... Uh, or the country of Mexico. And so to try and present, or to try and state that you want to build a wall that entire vast expanse. is just ridiculous okay. yeah. and then who's he gonna get to build the wall if he's kicking every single person out of the country who's gotten here by whatever means yeah. <laughs> yeah. if he had his way and like d- George Ramos
1: <laughs> made, made a very good point uh, in many different cases I saw him on Fox News and I saw him talking straight to Donald Trump you know a lot of these immigrants are, are coming by plane mm-hmm. or other routes which don't involve uh, jumping over the border so yeah gonna be a lot of money that, that might stop some people from coming in but you know really there's other ways that these these immigrants can find their way here and you know it's it's not that much of a problem. I mean, Trump Trump's statements about the immigrants are outrageous. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you would agree. Oh of course rapists and and whatever else and
0: it's because he's generalizing an entire population of people.
1: Yeah and there there's not there's not a huge issue. Um, they, they want to come here to work and yes, I, I agree that there is a, a crime problem down on the border and down in Mexico. Um, but you know let's let's get down to the, to the core of that. Why is there a crime problem? Why do you think that there is a, a huge drug cartel?
0: Well, uh, I think I personally think that a big reason that that it was allowed to get to the point that it is at now is because of the isolationism of the United States because if you look at certain places such as Europe they have the European Union which designates that all people in the continent of Europe can cross each other's borders go there reside there and live with each other and work there with absolutely no charges there's no you know there's no checkpoints around every single country there's nothing like that and so i think that a large uh, a large majority of the issues that we have here over in the Americas could be solved by having by adopting some kind of a policy like that because if people were allowed to freely come from Canada to, to the United States to Mexico things like that if we were allowed to cross borders openly i personally think that that would help the issue because now you have many immigrants from let's just go back to Mexico that are say that are coming here to work and then they were not able to bring their entire family over they are coming here, and then they're using the mail system to send money back over. And so now they they can't see their families. They can't physically be with their families for fear of being caught again trying to come back. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, going into Mexico is not very heavily regulated. Yeah. Not in comparison to coming into the United States. And so, I think the issue... I think the, the base of a lot of the problems in Mexico do come from the isolationism that America has created. Which, of course, followed the Spanish-American War. But but I think that it, we're at a point now where we could start moving away from that. And if we were able to, if the, gov- if the Mexican government wanted it, of course, we could help them with the issue of the, car- of, uh, of the, car- of the drug cartels. I mean, what, what do you think is the main yeah, issue? Yeah, I mean,
1: that was a good point. I was trying to get at the, the entire war on drug rhetoric that's, right. been, that's been pushed for the last few decades. And, you know, we, we've essentially created the um, demand the, the supply and demand I mean they you know we we've made it harder for these drugs to be uh, transported so mm-hmm. we've raised the price right so these criminal organizations are able to make a lot of money I mean it really just seems like a, a common sense um, set of events that occur and then now it's gotten so huge that they have a lot of influence mm-hmm. on government officials and they're 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 ravaging that area and so yeah there are a lot of Rapists and murderers who are involved with uh, the illegal drug pushing. So I really think that we need to adopt new new drug policies. We mm-hmm. need to start decriminalizing a lot of these things, right? And making it less of a of a hassle uh, to be able to do this. And yes, I think we need to put maybe some sort of aggressive aggressive initiative into these the the, the crime that's going on down there.
0: But mm-hmm. You see a good a good support to that a good piece of evidence to support your claim there that. Uh, that drugs being uh, drug trafficking being severely limited raising their price if you look at Australia Australia in the 90s had a huge massacre a massive massacre of people which is still not which is still yet to be broken as far as the quantity of people that died goes and so whenever that happened the Australian government severely limited the ability to own a weapon and so because of that they took a or if you look at a weapon which is sold here in America, let's just say it's a very high-end military-grade rifle that costs $1,000 here. If you go to Australia, you cannot just go into a store and buy that weapon anymore like you used to be able to. You were able to up until the point of this massacre. But after it happened, whenever the government said, okay, that's it, we're limiting the guns very severely, you cannot just own guns anymore, yeah, no, you, I the, I only, know the only way about. to get that weapon is on the black market. And this was for thirty five thousand dollars yeah that's the actual equivalency okay. a, a weapon that costs a thousand dollars American in America costs thirty five thousand dollars American in Australia on the black market okay. and so you know the mentality is if you have thirty five thousand dollars to spend why are, why do you need a weapon that badly you know and so that really it really gives evidence to what you said about the uh, the drug policies because whenever you bottleneck them like that whenever you Make them illegal. All you're doing is breeding a business for them.
1: You're, you're talking about the drugs.
0: Um, yeah, I'm back on drugs now. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about the weapons anymore.
1: No, no, I know what you mean by that, but it, it, I don't know. I feel like that was kind of a little bit backwards. What I was saying, I was saying we need to uh, decriminalize the drugs, so we. You know, oh, I, I know. I was
0: I was just saying that, or that what what I stated supports what you were saying. Yeah. No. But, yeah,
1: I see that connection.
0: Yeah, I agree though. I think that the decriminalization of drugs would definitely help. Because, or especially in the in the topic of um, imprisoned Americans, or imprisoned citizens, period, you know, the fact that they're being imprisoned for using, nar- or for using any kind of drug, from marijuana to narcotics to opiums to anything, I think that that is just ridiculous. Oh well, yeah, I mean, there, there's
1: obviously, there, there's a problem there with people using black tar heroin, I mean, it's very deadly to bodily systems I and mean, mm-hmm. ca- it' it does create severe addictions but of course we I think we now have a better understanding of what addiction really is I mean, yeah it's not it's not about the the drug just pulling that person in and, and causing them to be so reliant on the substance it's more of their environment being so uh, negative negative. No, in a lot of way I, they, li- they live in poor shitty situations and they, they just generally don't have a good life so they resort to going to this thing which is able to give them the the chemical reactions of, of having an enjoyable life mm-hmm. and then they, they also their sense that of reality yeah, so they're, that they they're can to use that as as a replacement to mm-hmm. their, their negative situation
0: yeah, because when you have a shitty reality, you're gonna do everything you can to either change it or find a new one.
1: And so, throwing them in a, in a cage mm-hmm. and making them, them sit there for a long time is only gonna make their environment even more, more shitty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there, there's even a, a study that that backs this up. There was, um, I think, somewhere in the the fifties, there was a there there was a study of rats who were given uh, a, a little a bowl of water that was just water and then a bowl of water that was filled with cocaine. And given the choice, most of the rats, they were just put in their little cage and most of the rats would go to the cocaine and they would die. Because, I think it was cocaine and heroin. And mm-hmm. they would go to that water and they would die. And so, you know, people for many, many decades after that were like, see, it's, it's addictive. They're always going to want to go to the cocaine and heroin because it's just inherently addictive. But...
0: Um, When you're giving a rat that size, you know, a drug of that power. Yeah, in a cage.
1: (laughs) This this echoes to my point, too, because later, you know, people started realizing, it's like, well, these rats are in a cage. Like, like, what are they going to want to do? They they have nothing to do except drink from a bowl of water and a bowl of cocaine heroin water. They're bored. They have no, no stimulus except for the cocaine and heroin. So they're going to go to that cocaine heroin, so and plus, what's a better idea? Let's make a little rat heaven. Let's give right. rats rat friends and let them have rat sex and eat all the things <laughs> they want. Those are all the mazes they want. <laughs> Put a little bowl of cocaine heroin water, and nobody's going to want to touch that because they're yeah. all having a good time with each other, enjoying their little rat paradise. Yeah, that's a good so they point. they not give a shit yeah. about the cocaine
0: heroin. Yeah, because all they're going to think is, oh, man, I'm thirsty. I'm going to get some water. But then whenever they smell the thing, they could potentially like, oh, kill them. This. They're not... <laughs> 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 oh, Cocaine, and heroin. This is awesome. I'm gonna go back to this every time,
1: and they just they they die. Yeah, but if you they give have no other stimulus, if
0: you give them, them a non shitty existence, they're not gonna be doing that. Yeah, exactly. yeah because I
1: the, the, when, I, when I heard that, it just makes so much sense to me. Oh, I agree. Like it makes it makes are, a ton are, of sense. Yeah, these these people are falling into these addictive patterns because I mean, yeah, it, it has a lot to do with drug. And we need to we need to figure out ways to. Uh, to make that better but I think this would this would need to be coupled with a decriminalization of these types of drugs we start and then we start putting that money so much money that are going into these prison systems to uh, incarcerate these people and instead use that money towards better more efficient rehabilitation programs mm-hmm. and then of course this would need to be coupled with um, you know better infrastructure Mm. which is we want to go back to bernie sanders that's that's the center of his whole rhetoric he wants to channel the money that's being hoarded away by the one percent and sprinkle that all over the infrastructure and build that back up which goes Mm -hmm. into welfare which goes into uh uh you know better better housing Mm -hmm. for a lot of people better opportunities higher wages so that more money is flowing from from person to person small business to small business
0: mm-hmm. and then and even with even without touching communities, or, or, even without or touching the 1%s money i feel like once the once drugs are actually decriminalized you know in whatever de- in whatever degree even if you just legalize marijuana you know that's going to severely reduce the uh, the incarceration of people which is going to save money because you don't have to care for them in prison and you don't have to file, or you don't have to deal with any court charges or anything. Yeah, I don't, so I that's don't, I don't know
1: what the, the numbers are on that, but I'm sure no. if you look at the cost of putting one person in prison for even a few months, it could
0: probably be Yeah, several thousand money. dollars at least, yeah. but, you know, money would come from there. Money like would, I spent, money would I spent come from... one
1: night in solitary confinement and my bail charge was $1,500.
0: Holy crap. I spent,
1: like, I, I didn't have to pay that, that was just a PR bond for, um, in case I didn't show up to court, I ended up only having to pay, like, $400. Right. But still, what, what that said to me was that it cost them, just just for for me, for what I had to pay, it was $1,500 mm-hmm. for, you know, eight hours. Yeah. Or more than that, maybe more like 12 hours. But
0: And they didn't really even give you anything, did they? Like, like what did they give you is some water, class, maybe? And oh,
1: no, well, <laughs> I, I didn't get water for, like, six hours. Really? Yeah, I was so outrageous before
0: I got in there, they didn't even want to give me water. I was on suicide watch for a while, so they, they didn't give me water for
1: like You were on time. suicide watch for a Class C misdemeanor? Well, I, I, I I seriously
0: don't know how I got away with that. <laughs> well, who cares? Yeah. But, but that, <laughs> raises, that raises yeah. like, uh, some evidence to show that it is ridiculous, or ridiculously expensive. To actually jail people and to hold them, and you were in jail, you weren't in prison like a lot of these people. Yeah, were.
1: I was. I was in. I was in county jail.
0: Yeah, and so a lot of money would come from the decriminalization of it, and we could funnel that money into a great many things. One of which being better treatment for people for who uh, who need rehabilitation from drug addiction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so that would be a huge chunk of change, you know, just to get or to get or to get it from, yeah. and and plus if you look at. Uh, if you look at the actual imprisonment rate of Americans, it is ridiculously high. Especially compared to, uh, let's just say, for example, China. If you look at, um, at America's um, imprisonment rate, I can't remember the exact number, but I know that it is higher than China's rate, a country which has you know, 1.2 billion people, people in it, as opposed to 340 million Americans. Wow. And the fact that our actual numerical value of prisoners in prison is higher than China's is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And granted, China is a communistic, you know, or communistic country which has heavy regulations on things, but that would actually feed into the prison system. That would actually get more people jailed. usually, if if we learn from history, that is. If history has any bearing left. But, (laughs) yeah. But one thing that I really like about this, uh, about this president, or about this Sorry, what's the race? What, yeah uh, the race I suppose? What's the term uh, words sentence? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, one thing I like is that a lot of attention is being drawn to the uh, to the secondary parties, you know, the non Democrats, non Republicans, like yeah. the trans like the transhumanist party, or for like example. Nuts and <laughs> I cannot believe that. Man. <laughs> you heard about Kanye West, right, Kanye? Oh, that, well, yeah, that's for twenty twenty.
1: That was pretty. Good.
0: <laughs> I didn't expect to see that. I mean, what's the last thing Kanye said about politics? A stand-up bit on SNL about George W. Bush and, oh, I in 2006. I was watching, yeah, you know, you're, you're standing next to uh, Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Yeah. Looked, Mike Myers just
1: looked at him like, "What the fuck did you just say?" What he said: uh, <laughs> "President Bush hates black
0: people."
1: <laughs> Is that even a joke? Because the way Mike Myers looked at him.
0: It was yeah, like, he, he was, was like, like, "Oh my God!" He this this seemed really
1: serious standing <laughs> next to him. President
0: uh, Bush hates black people. <laughs> <laughs> he does not care about black Americans. <laughs> just Mike Myers' face. Just <laughs> what? <laughs> another another great joke that I saw was with John Donald Trump. Have you ever seen the episode of uh, South Park? Um, you know, they do not endorse this. Just say so all know. But South Park, they uh, uh, they did an episode about Cartman, of course, who uh, who hates everybody who's not you know white and purist. And he, he it was an episode focusing on Americans. And he sets up a border at his house, like in his backyard, and he sets up a little guard tower and is watching over it with binoculars. And he does this thing. He goes scanning for Mexicans. (laughs) I saw. I saw. I saw the uh, the video or that video with a caption that said "Uh, Trump be like. And so it was making fun of Donald Trump. Uh, And I just I burst into tears laughing whenever I saw that. And, oh, man, it was just perfect because, you know, granted, Donald Trump talks, talks about a lot of things whenever I saw that. I was just like, oh, my God, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was this episode? This was, I can't remember. I think it was last season, oh, okay. but I've always loved Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Those guys are just, they're, they're brilliant. Yeah. They make fun of everybody and they give no shits. I saw, I saw the documentary that came out
1: and they were making, like, uh, an episode every eight
0: days. Mm-hmm. Is that the number? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, because before in the
1: content, and it's just them in the writers' room, Mm -hmm. Trey Parker and Matt Stone with all of the writers just bullshitting. Yeah, they're just they're they're flowing and they're they're building up their ideas, and it just turns into a goddamn
0: episode. Well, whenever you have a fucked up society like ours, you have plenty to make fun of. (laughs) Another awesome one was uh was one with the Washington Redskins. You know the football team. And yeah. they uh, they were making fun of the fact that you know a lot of Native Americans find their name to be offensive, which you know of course I can understand that. But and granted I'm a Cowboys fan, so fuck the Washington Redskins. But
1: sure. I mean that that's why I, I don't I don't keep up with football. But yeah, that's the, but one the thing that was instilled in my mind watching my dad mm-hmm. as I grew up is to fuck the Redskins and mm-hmm. the Cowboys.
0: Yep. But they were making fun of the fact that their name was uh, their name is offensive, and they, uh their name ended up becoming like open to the market. I don't remember how, but the copyright was dropped, and so the boys from South Park picked oh, the up Redskins. the yeah the Redskins. Okay. And so the boys from South Park picked up the name Washington Redskins for their company, and all their company did was promoting was promote doing nothing. Yeah, and it was just brilliant. It was awesome, just be, just because it was a perfect it was perfectly making fun of everything that was going on because that 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 episode was like two years ago. Okay, and it was uh, no. Actually, it might have been this last season, but the point is, it was making fun of a huge issue, and it was giving everybody the opportunity to laugh about it, you know?
1: I know, that's the way most episodes are. -hmm. They're
0: uh,
1: they're cultural critics, and they're the fucking best ones at it, Mm -hmm. as far as comedy goes.
0: And have you heard about that new movie that was, uh, a lot of transhumanists were really pumped about it, Ex Machina?
1: Yeah, I've heard of it, I've Mm -hmm. seen it.
0: To watch it yet. Yeah, it's just about a you know it's an artificial machine which I haven't seen it, but it's about an artificial machine who's robotic who, uh, bec- who gains sentience by questioning her own existence, right. and so I really want to see this movie. It looks awesome, but a lot of um, a lot of transhumanists were really pumped about it. And granted, the name yeah, is taken. Sure yeah the the name is taken from the Latin phrase Deus ex machina, which mm-hmm. literally translates into God of the Machine. Yeah, which is. A, a game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there was a video game series based around it, yeah. but it was.
1: I follow fir- I follow a Terrence McKenna page on YouTube, and it's like Deuce X McKenna. Yeah. Kind of referring to that that old.
0: Yeah, uh, what it it basically means, God interfering in some way, and mm-hmm. so whenever you apply the term X Machina to whatever humans are doing, it's saying we're basically taking our own existence into our own hands. It's no longer up to the will of nature or to the of the universe. Right. No.
1: That, yeah, that's that's a main transhumanist philosophy. I mean, especially with. Uh, Zoltan Ysvan's, uh view on it—it's very, very self-centered, mm-hmm. and egocentric. I mean, uh, there are there are a lot of transhumanists who uh, criticize his work very heavily because right. they think it's a little bit too radical mm-hmm. and uh, you know egocentric. I mean, it's basically you know uh, fuck the rest of the universe. Yeah. Uh, you know, I death is really just a disease. A, it's an unfortunate thing that we need to try to avoid. So at all costs, you need to try to extend right. your own lifespan so you can achieve mm. um, omnipotence in, in a sense. I mean, immortality is a word they, uh, they... They stopped using that word publicly now. They like to uh, use the phrase um, in, indefinite indefinitely I guess, like trying to create a, right. a situation where you have an indefinite lifespan, and mm-hmm. I, 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 much prefer that term because immortality just seems absolutely ridiculous. To it seems
0: live. boring as hell, is what yeah, it seems. Yeah, to yeah me. that
1: too. But just to try to think of like infinite life, mm-hmm. like never dying. That's right. I mean, how could you ever try to achieve something mm-hmm. that grand? It's really impossible. But yeah, living indefinitely, shutting down. The mm-hmm. um, exterior aggressions, mm-hmm. which plague us, the right. diseases. You know, uh, things things of that nature.
0: Right, and so the, that, the bulk of it is coming okay. from scientists who are working with nanotechnology, because you know the aging process is just our cells no longer being able to do their job and divide and become new again because they're getting old. They've done this billions of times over in our lifespan.
1: You no, know Albert de Grey's work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's a documentary about him on Netflix. He's been on a few podcasts, Joe Rogan's podcast. He's been on the London Real. I love both of those podcasts. Yes, They're both he, awesome. He um, he's one of the 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 main forefront scientists who are trying to eliminate what what he refers to as the disease of, of death.
0: Oh yeah, I actually I did listen to the uh, to the London Real episode with him on it. Okay, yeah. yeah, it was really really good.
1: He's a very interesting guy. He's always always drinking. He never sleeps constantly working to try to eliminate this this process. I would need to look into it a little bit more. I don't remember out. the terminology, but it's something about cells having this certain part of them where it's like pieces of it tick off every time it reproduces. Mm-hmm. And so what he's trying to do is, is instead of that, that piece of the cell essentially disappearing, uh, it kind of cycles back mm-hmm. into it and causes it to uh, reach this Sort of pseudo indefinitency where it doesn't deteriorate
0: completely. And granted, this is in in a nutshell, but the way the aging process works is there's a natural process in our body called um, mitotic cell division. All natural organisms do this, and basically you have meiotic and mitotic cell division. Mitotic is the asexual one to where they don't have to breed with each other, they just make a copy of themselves. And then you know the old ones die off and the new ones stay they're perfect copies of the other one mm-hmm. and our bodies naturally do this this is a good natural process which allows us to heal if we don't do this our bodies cannot regenerate themselves um, and um or i'm sorry but as they do this they age they get older because of what you just said They pieces of them are lost they mm-hmm. fray off. Aw- they fray they just yeah. get they get fragile over time because we're a new cellular person every something like six to twelve months, and so as I think, no, as I think they're it's doing like six to seven years, is it? Yeah,
1: like by the time every single cell in our body reproduces, right. I think it's like six years, but e- which is still that. that even so, my mind so, when yeah. I heard about that, it's like you are not, you are literally not the same person. It's mm. just it's shadows. Yep. And like you're you you're a shadow. Your your mm. memories are they they make you you. There's the there are these epigenetical changes which creates. Uh, change for you to mm-hmm. reflect upon throughout your life and it builds your personality right. and ego and your
0: desires but and so the bulk you're of physically the, not the same person yeah and so Sorry. The, the, no you're good you're good and so the bulk of the research that i've personally read has been about aiding that process mm-hmm. and it's essentially you know it's not going to give us like you said before immortality because you know that's just a nonsense notion but it can like it can Give us extreme lifespans by comparison to ours, more than ten times. You know, a lot of scientists say that the first person to live to be a thousand years old has already been born. There there are I think know. I
1: think that's something that Albert de Grey has kind of mm-hmm. pushed out there primarily. Yeah. A lot of that's coming from him because he's the, the main foreword of this kind of research.
0: Right, and all of this research is linked back to the transhumanism idea, which, granted, you know, certain political parties in the past, the Green Party for example, haven't really succeeded as well I as they would have liked to. Employ, to. It. Essentially, it was just environmental policies. Mm-hmm. But just they are so focused on one thing. The premise behind them as far as political science goes is that they're never truly going to win, but they draw atten- much-needed attention to certain issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that the transhumanism movement is definitely one that needs to be focused on yeah. because it is such an integral part of our system now. Right. Like uh, in the... Uh, the experiment that you and I are gonna undergo starting this Sunday, you know, where we detach ourselves from computers and phones. Yeah. Um, I use my phone for everything. So I, dude, weird. so do I. Podcasts, music. And honestly, for or oh, after those. after I proposed it, you know, I was pumped. I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna get this. We're gonna get this episode for for anybody that's it. listening it or listening." And then I thought about it, and I was like, "Holy shit! I use my phone for everything." I use my phone for work and, you know, I'm a full-time student. That's how I, for, I found my way here. Yeah. And it's... For the love of God, it's such an integral part of our society that that's when is...
1: Be, yeah, it's definitely interesting to...
0: Yeah, when, to when are we, we going gonna, to... Like, when are we going to get to the point that it's controls. not even a phone anymore? When's it going to become something that's in us, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, in a, in a way, it's, it's, it's an extension of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's our technology. I mean, the whole, like, Tran- transhumanism really is just uh, us using our technologies to transition ourselves into higher states of existence. Right. And with our phones, we have such amazingly uh, fast access to information from mm-hmm. incredibly distant parts of, of the planet.
0: In literally microseconds yeah, I mean. it's,
1: it, it has evolved us into. i mean it's created i love i love the term uh bandwidth anxiety it was hum- something i heard jason silva say but bandwidth anxiety is it's like friction that's being created from all of these uh like non-composite sources of information that just don't go together right well. instead of instead of creating low where it's almost like you know you're you're working you're being productive and, and information is is coming to you as necessary mm-hmm. and said it's uh you know social media which i mean there's a lot of great things about social media but if you if you sit there and just scroll through your facebook for a while it's you, you don't control what's being thrown at you it's a it's a video of a, of a world star fight and then right under that it's uh, you know, instructions on how to cook a meal and then right after that it's some buzzfeed skit. Mm. and, you know, right after that it's a it's a police brutality video. Mm. And then right after that it's some teenage girl writing a post about how much she hates the male species. You know, you never know <laughs> what <when> you're gonna <laughs> get and it, it doesn't it doesn't flow together. It, right. It's not it's not like reading a book, like a, a novel which
0: which has one very specified focus. Yes, yeah. or
1: you know maybe a series of focuses, but it's still it was written to you know maybe revolve around a central theme mm-hmm. or multiple themes, which you know create it's still it's still flow things like that right. create flow. But and you
0: know that okay, Facebook, it's, Facebook, it's,
1: Facebook it's, news feed just creates friction.
0: Right, and you know it's predicted that every web page on the planet is no more than nineteen clicks away from every other web page on the planet. And think about how many web pages that there are.
1: Oh god, we need to, and we then, need to look something. I can't remember what it's called. I wanna find this at some point. But it's a... Uh, oh, my friend showed this to me and was really, really stoned and it blew my mind, but it's it's a page that just counts all of the major social media websites. Oh yeah, so yeah, Facebook, yeah, I saw Twitter, it. Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, and it's just it's counting and the the numbers mm-hmm. are just going up of how many people are you know, uploading videos on YouTube mm-hmm. or sharing posts and it's like there, how many there are actually tweets more people were posted sharing and posts and now than actually liking them. So it's like this information instead of being like mm-hmm. reviewed and processed and like uh, analyzed, it's just being shared. Right. So it's like these pieces of it at a higher and higher speeds are just being passed around and shuffled.
0: And the servers at Google, I believe, are capable of you know. Or I'm not even gonna try and specify a number because I couldn't even tell you, but it, they're capable of ungodly processing of information and power, and that's only four percent of what the internet actually is. Yeah, have you ever heard of the dark web? Yeah, I was, yeah, that
1: was my first thought. Like the whole dark that's like yeah, that, that's ninety.
0: That's ninety-six <laughs> percent of the entire internet is unaccessible by us. Yeah. Uh, you know, through a search Incripted engine, for example. Yeah. So we could we could access it. You know, if you have any kind of html or or c or c knowledge or anything like that you know you have to know computers to, to yeah. interact yeah, we with have them.
1: that fucking page with all the posts being shared like I couldn't even wrap my mind around that one image mm-hmm. of, of all the numbers just racking up of all the people sharing information but then you have the dark web which is just
0: ungodly <laughs> amounts and I think that I think I saw a website that was extremely similar to what you saw except they gave a visual representation via their logo so it would say this is the number of tweets that were posted since you logged on, which was you know, like a microsecond ago. Great. It'll it, however long the, however long the page took to load, that's what it counted. And in that one small bit of time, something like t- like twenty seven hundred tweets were posted, and so it put twenty seven hundred little Twitter birds onto that the page, and you had to scroll things, through all that.
1: That's a lot of things in your perspective. Mm-hmm. Like we we can attain so much control of our reality, but then you just see shit like that. Like there are millions and billions of people who you you'll never interact with. Yep. And who you I mean, I guess in some sense, like through the matrix of influence, like you might have some influence on, on some part of their life, but for the most part these people aren't gonna know your name. Mm-hmm. No matter what you put on the internet, there's gonna be millions of people who will never see what you have to say Or you know, listen to what you have to say, and they'll just go about their day, never having known who you are.
0: Yep. (laughs) Which is why we really need to keep. I'm
1: fine with that,
0: but yeah, it's like that's why that's why a lot of people seek out new ideas. I feel like in this just shit storm of information that is our world, I feel like there's a higher value on original ideas than ever before. Because you know, there are two things that you'll never lose money on completely: is land and ideas. Because ideas can fail. Um, but new ideas are necessary to make any kind of profit in this world, to make any kind of innovation in this world is going to make a difference, you know? Right. And so this, I, I feel like in this giant mass of ideas, the original ones are higher value than ever before, you know? Absolutely. Before it was just, you know, 20 guys on, on the planet, let's just say in the 1600s, that were trying to review shit that was necessary to review... Yeah. You know, but now everybody has a voice in some way, shape, or form. Everybody yeah, can speak.
1: That's, that's producing a lot of. Uh, yeah.
0: Unless you live in North Korea or some shit. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: but uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people now who, I mean, including me or you. I mean, we're sitting here in front of a mic as if somebody's listening, <laughs> but, which I mean, we hope. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully people do. But right now we're just we're, we're talking into a vacant microphone. Yep. But uh, yeah, there are a lot of people who just spew random shit on Twitter because they have a, they have a voice now
0: mm-hmm. And tw- see, uh, we're, we're a little bit off topic, but I do want to touch back on that uh, Twitter was originally founded as a site where you could go and you could share your problems with other people Who shared similar issues, you could find people that you could relate to Yeah, but
1: then it started growing and then you realize like everybody's so mm-hmm. in their own world Yep, that you can make groups and you can make communities through social media websites, but for the most part, there's there's that friction. Everybody's mm-hmm. so against each other.
0: Yeah, and then we focus on like point oh 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 one percent of the big accounts, you know, who are celebrities or or athletes or whoever because they are just yeah, that's that cult of personality. Yep. So
1: like we just
0: and then we just destroy them if they say anything on there that we don't relate I mean, to. That,
1: yeah, that's that's the price you pay when you become famous you're you are allowing yourself to be so vulnerable you're putting your image out there for display for anybody to critique and now in the age of Twitter and Facebook and YouTube commenting and yep. they just shit all over you just because they think it's funny, just because they want a response and I'm sure a lot of these people who are who are doing that uh, maybe they, they might mean what they say but a lot of it is just to be a troll, they just want to have a laugh
0: for himself. Which is a huge reason why Donald Trump is is so freaking successful in this yeah. campaign because he does not care what anyone says to him because you know some people will pretend not to care. They'll say I understand. I've done this and this and this. I don't I don't care what the people's opinion of me is. No, he literally does not give a shit. Cuz how many times has he filed bankruptcy? He's filed bankruptcy like bankruptcy like four times since inheriting his father's company and or mm-hmm. right, he's been in and out of projects he has the biggest um, little man complex I've ever seen in my life and just because he puts his name on freaking everything. You ever notice that if he's sanctioned a building Trump is on there somewhere but he does not there's care. Terminology. like
1: He just got trumped.
0: Yep. And yeah, there's literally a word in the English language based off of him. Huh? So Uh, Just kind of, kind of to wrap this one up. Who do you think, if you don't mind me asking, who do you think you're leaning towards in this election?
1: Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I think think Donald Trump's interesting. Like he's funny to watch, and he does have, like him. Donald Trump and Bernie are, are similar in in the ways that they're authentic. Yeah. You know, Donald Trump is a. Kind of a kind of scumbag, and he says a lot of racist and sexist things. But he, fun, he is. Yep. And he's not—he's not bought out by anybody. He's the one who who buys out the mm-hmm. politicians. He's not. I mean, it's yeah. Like he even comes from his father's money, but he still has run the empire mm-hmm. with his own resources. And it's
0: race like, race. like even if he's wrong, he's honest. Yeah. He's so saying. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's honestly wrong. Yes, but that's what—that's what people like about him. I think is yeah. that it's just—he's I
1: mean, reinforcing a lot of the racism that exists. Oh, of like, course, like he yeah. says, oh of course everybody in the country Hates Mexicans but No, everybody in the country doesn't hate Mexicans But there are a large portion of people Probably especially in the south Who hate, hate Mexicans I mean, he makes And they hear that and they're like Yeah, we hate Mexicans, of course All my friends hate Mexicans, everybody hates
0: Mexicans Everyone hates Mexicans <laughs> And then he'll claim certain things um, The most ridiculous one was whenever he tried to state By the that way, the, this
1: podcast does not endorse
0: The hatred of Mexicans <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> We've got you, USA, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that was so fucked up, and I apologize. But um, one of the most ridiculous things he said was uh, he was trying to speculate what Ronda Rousey's opinion was. Which, granted, Ronda Rousey is one of the people on, in in the world that I respect more than anything right now, just because she's making such a huge, such her huge industry. strides in her industry. And,
1: she's and so, uh, I mean, she she's like the epitome of how somebody in that in that position that that. Like position of being a celebrity shit act mm-hmm. in public eye. Like, yep. She's respectful and she's calm and she's cool and she fucking kicks ass when she needs to. Yep. She just gets right there in the zone and just knocks the fuck
0: out. of the Yeah. Throat. It's like everybody talks shit until you get into the octagon and then they actually go up against Ronda Rousey and she has a combined what twenty five minutes of ring time in in twenty two <laughs> yeah, fights. She's, she's but but Don, Donald Trump said, "Oh yeah, I think Ronda Rousey loves me. I think that she she really supports me." And then it he showed <laughs>
1: shit about like every other class.
0: <laughs> and then, <laughs> no, it showed her on a on a news channel. I think it was CNN, but I'm not exactly sure. But I saw um, one of the reporters who ha- who actually had her for a live stream. He said, "So Rhonda, is there, uh, is there any truth to what he just said?" And she says, uh, "Just very simply, I mean, I, I wouldn't vote for him." <laughs> 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 and it was it was just it was hilarious to me. Yeah, I something,
1: something that I thought was um, <laughs> uh, pretty funny listening to the the second GOP debate on the way here. Yeah, was that uh, multiple people? Were, uh, Carly Fiorina was asked, Jeb Bush was asked, uh, maybe somebody else. But they they asked them uh, what what how how safe they would feel with Donald Trump's. Finger finger on on the the nuclear arsenal of weapons like yeah. on the button that would call out that like do they feel safe and both of them and I think Jeb Bush kind of kind of copied what she said and I understood why he did that but they asked him and she said well that's not a decision I can make that's up to the the to the voters to the public
0: oh he gave a very open ended I'm not going to give yeah, a real like, answer yeah just reiterate
1: like I'm not going to answer like I, I respect the fact that they you know very bluntly said I'm not going to answer that question that's left up to the voters but. I feel like if any if any um, clear minded person was up there, somebody with straightforward values like maybe Bernie Sanders or, or me. Like I, I was just imagining if I was up there and they asked me like do you feel safe with Donald Trump's finger on the nuclear button. Hell no! No? Like, I don't feel safe with anybody in this line's finger. Like, don't my, nobody's hand should be on that button. Like, you know what? Let's try to get rid of these nuclear weapons. Like, why don't why we is just, that even an issue? Why don't like, we no, just but, destroy so, the button? That is, so, like, that is so much fucking power to send out there. And, you're, mm-hmm. and you think that one human being's hand can really be trusted to hover above that button?
0: That, that, uh, that comes from the American idea that we're superior to everybody else. Which, granted, you know, I don't think that that's necessarily founded, but we have so much power now that the American people feel empowered themselves, you know. Right. And in a large part, nuclear, nu- er, there's a huge focus on nuclear power just because of the entire uh, conflict with Russia during the Cold War, the arms race. You know, we were trying to get more and more weapons so that no one would shoot at each other. What? You know, we don't yeah. want we don't want to be blown up by Russians, so what's our answer? Let's 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 make more weapons. Okay. Oh oh sh- oh shit. The Americans they made they made more nuclear weapons, we must make more of our own comrades, you <laughs> let's know. Just keep, <laughs> let's just yeah, keep no, on the stock them. And then Oh this is getting pretty crazy, let's
1: just kind of stop this now. I'm then
0: sorry. Ronald Reagan comes up and he just whips it out, just what you going to do now, Russia? It's on the oh, table.
1: God a huge penis.
0: <laughs> this is a very large penis. Okay, we stopped. <laughs> we got it done now. Because <laughs> I, I feel like Ronald Reagan was one of those first people that was, like, actually fucking crazy enough to push the button if the need be, you know, just because he was but so... was the need really there? No, the need, the need was never there. The need was put there by us, you know? Like, oh, like, oh yeah,
1: they invaded, um, what, like, one harbor? hmm yeah. That, yeah, one one fucking harbor. Like, yeah, it was devastating. They made a big action packed movie out of it, but like, do we really need to nuke two fucking cities and kill well, so many fucking
0: people? Well there were other atrocities committed against our soldiers, you know, in addition yeah. to that. And but as far
1: as like invasions, and was just and
0: I feel know, like. One little I feel like a large influence on us actually dropping those bombs came from the fact that we were the first ones to make them and we knew that the other yeah, powers we were trying it. to I mean
1: I have heard the conspiracies of you know not how the government had anything to do with Pearl Harbor directly but they were warned ahead of time it's kind of the same same thing with um, the the whole 9/11 terrorist attacks now it's like it's pretty common knowledge for a lot of people that you know, the Bush administration knew ahead of time that something was going to happen. They were told yeah. by many different powers, and they decided to do nothing about it. Same thing with Pearl Harbor. It's like, I think there was some discussions going on behind closed doors, and it's like, this is our chance. Like, they're going to invade. Like, we can just poof, put our dick on the table. And, <laughs>
0: just, well, I mean, in World War II, it was even more blunt than the 9 11 situation, because granted, the Bush administration and, you know, President Bush at the time, he had an idea that something was going to happen. He had no idea what, but the Axis powers during World War II of Italy, Japan, and Germany, the only country that they officially declared war on was America. Right. So we should have known they were going to do something eventually. Yeah. They literally declared war on us, whether we accepted it or not they, wasn't they going already, to change them the attacking us. already oh, word going around
1: that they were going to be ready to surrender, but we still just dropped that fucking bomb on them. So. Yeah.
0: I mean, no if you or I actually read a statement which was is supposedly issued by the emperor a few days before it happened saying we will never surrender, we will never stop, we will never give up, okay. which which is evidenced by people who were still on islands 5 years after the war, who were soldiers who would not give up, but but then they uh we dropped the bombs on the two cities, Okinawa and Hiroshima. Right. And and when we did, the emperor issued a new statement which said we, we are going to stop now because they have used the term dirty bombs. They have used evil bombs against okay. us, which I use air quotations there uh, because you know what, what is an evil bomb? Aren't you all bombs evil? Yeah, we can do that later on once we get better equipment.
1: Yeah, we should probably set up like a backdrop mm-hmm. or some
0: sort. Yeah, get a green screen or some shit. I do like it. Yeah, another bomb, you
1: know,
0: right? mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, I have. Did you see that poster under a black light? But uh but back to that point, he uh he said evil evil bombs, which is ironic uh because, you know, what is an evil bomb? Aren't all bombs bad? But I think that he was he realized, okay, they have the power to literally wipe us off the planet now. Mm. We will literally be gone if they have any more of these weapons, which they didn't which they didn't. They were lucky that they got Fat Man and Little Boy working, but still.
1: And those are just like one one thousandth mm-hmm. of the power of the, the hydrogen bombs
0: we have. Yeah. Which when was the hydrogen bomb set off? That was in the sixties, wasn't it? No, it wasn't it was it was a little later than that. But yeah, the hydrogen bomb was significantly more powerful. Yeah. Yeah, that
1: the technology is just exponentiating.
0: Yeah, and just that's a redundant question in my mind. To ask any presidential candidate, would you feel safe with this guy, with his hand on a weapon that, or on a button that can literally blow up the world? You know, that's just that's such a ridiculous question to ask one person. Because, like you said, and
1: everybody's just like redirecting it, like it's not an yeah. issue.
0: And but, like you said, how can you determine that? How can you decide this person is worthy of this power? You know. Yeah. But
1: completely destructive, wasteful power. Yep. Just turn everything to radioactive ash.
0: Fallout. Hashtag, hashtag Fallout Five <laughs> before Fallout Four even comes out. <laughs> I'm ready to start trading with bottle caps. I have like twenty in, in the apartment somewhere.
1: It's just gonna be Donald Trump as the president. <laughs> like they, they they let me put my finger over the button and it shows
0: him. It shows him like a, inside of the devastated White House. Like right before, the wall is Just
1: the only thing that's in like, <laughs> pristine shape. He's like,
0: "I am the president you actually never voted in, sir. I am the president. You're fired." <laughs> <laughs> Technically, we were all fired, sir, nu- <laughs> with nuclear fire. All
1: this episode of celebrity Apprentice in the uh, Fallout base. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like this guy has come to us. No, it's like it's like Donald Trump is a new member on Shark Tank. This guy comes to us with a new idea for and. In an experimental, what he calls Merv. It's an ultimate fat man that can launch eight, <laughs> eight <laughs> nuclear missiles instead of one. <laughs> because one wasn't enough. <laughs> it's like, oh, so uh, give us a demonstration
1: of your products. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, 5. It's just, it just cuts to black war. War never changes. <laughs> Alright, uh, so I think that's about going to do it for this one. Uh, you got any more points you wanted to touch down on before we end this, end this podcast?
1: No, not really. Not really? Get too much into transhumanism,
0: but Well, I mean, that's an entirely new ep- That's an entire episode, yeah, on, sure. so I Definitely,
1: I want to finish the book. Yeah. There's some very interesting um, dynamics going on between the main character and s- some of the people surrounding
0: him. And what book is that that's giving you any new insights?
1: The Transhumanist wager was the one... Written by Zoltan Espan, he's the one who founded the Transhumanist Party. Mm-hmm. He's going around touring, doing his thing, and I think thanks to the internet, it's it's getting a lot of attention. I don't think he has any hope to win the presidency, and honestly, I don't I don't think he would make a very good president in this political climate that's going on. Like I don't think it's the right time. Yeah, but I think it would be good to have these ideals um, inducted into. Future politics, future policies—just
0: not right now. It's yeah. not time yet. And
1: I think he's—he's he's a very interesting character, and I think he might
0: make a great leader. Yeah, should, uh, y'all should
1: something we we'd have to learn more about him, see where he goes.
0: Right. Which, granted, we don't sponsor this, but great book. Y'all should go check it out. Zoltan, if you want to, see, if you want to shop <laughs> us a sponsorship, we wouldn't be opposed to that. Talk to us. Co- just come just on the, right
1: here. On yeah, <laughs> you,
0: can, you can sit here and. Talking to a microphone and sitting in a little bungee chair. I mean, just chill. It's cool. We're in Texas. We got Shiner Bach. (laughs) We got Shiner Bach and Mike's hard. It's all good. We'll get you a Red Bull later. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, this has been Transient Conversations. Thank you all for joining us. It was quite quite transient. All right. Y'all take it easy. We'll talk to you on the next one. (laughs)
1: <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Hello, oh. this is the um, the skater Thank mm. you for joining us in our first podcast
0: Yep, and this is the beast We really appreciate it oh, fun. Yep, We're going to try
1: to do at least uh, one a week
0: Yep, going to keep on working the kinks out And get even better Keep it top cool. Yep, and remember
1: <laughs> The
0: important thing is not to stop questioning You heard it here From Einstein himself
1: Thank you, thank you Albert <laughs>